Yeah, the vibe is in. She gon' slide again. Yeah, the vibe is in. She gon' slide again. What's your purpose? I need my money urgent. Welcome to the Full Steam Ahead podcast, where we discuss all things STEM with a twist of art. The purpose of Full Steam Ahead is to provide a platform for individuals who are currently pursuing or planning to pursue a career in the fields of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. While the discussion and promotion of STEM fields will be the main focus of the show, art will play a key role as well. The art portion of the show will be discussed in various manners and how it relates to STEM. Full Steam Ahead will promote careers in the STEAM fields and serve as an outlet for professionals looking for inspirational interviews. Our goal is to encourage the next generation of STEAM leaders, bring our experiences to life, and encourage you to reach your full potential. So with that said, uh, let's kick off our very first episode. All right, we're going to move into, um, we're going to move into, I guess, our, we kind of touched on a lot of it, but I would say our main topic. So. We'll discuss um, what made it. What made you choose STEM slash STEAM? Um, you know, talk about wild stories that you had. You know, all nighters, hangovers, uh, oversleeping, magically getting good test scores, surprisingly bad test scores, uh, and then like, what is your goal? Like, why are you still in in STEM slash STEAM today? I think we we kind of talked about that already, but you know, we can just have open discussion about that. So. I, I will actually, I can kick this off by saying, um, I initially, um, I chose I chose engineering because I always like drawing and stuff like that. And I really, I initially was supposed to go to University of Miami for architecture. But when I saw, my parents saw that tuition and how much loans was gonna have to come out, they was like, yeah, bro, you just gonna have to hit, you gonna have to hit A&T. And so, you know, my guy parents went to A&T, my guy sister went to A&T. Um, so it was like, okay, cool, you know, this is this a bit. Um, but, you know, and, and it's actually the best decision I, I ever made. Uh, so I would, the A&T didn't have, arch, doesn't have architecture. So, but it's a blessing though, because I chose civil engineering. Someone was like, well, if you wanted architecture and you wanted it for these reasons, actually civil engineering is better. So that's why I did it for me. So, you know, I, I, I went to college, you know, you know, really came in strong, but I'm all, I've always been, um, what's the word, a late bloomer, kind of slow to the party. And so it, it took me some time to adjust, even though I did really good in high school. You know, I always had all A's and stuff like that. My first, in calculus, my first test was terrible. And then I remember later on in the semester, took another test and it was like, it was lower than the speed limit. It was, it was tragic. Um, but somehow I still got to be out the class. And I kind of just progressed from there. And I really, I've, that's always resonated with me because I feel like I always start off rough, no, no matter what it is. Cause I even remember elementary school, like I took the ITBS and I just didn't do good. Like first time my mom was like, well, did you understand the questions? You know, what was going on? And I was like, nah, I was just chilling. That's basically whatever that equates to coming out of a six year old's mouth. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's me. And I, I guess I kind of got better over time I had you know, y'all can talk about what tests, how y'all test scores went, y'all hangovers and stuff like that. But I, I had some interesting times in college, but it all paid off. And the people that I met in the process uh, have really helped me enjoy this, this STEAM and STEM experience. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, I'll start off by saying why I decided to choose STEM slash STEAM. 
So when just throughout high school, like I was decent in math and science. And my dad, he was like a engineer for the Ford Motor Company. And so, <clears throat> of course, like looking up to my dad, I was like, all right, I'm going to just kind of follow in his footsteps or whatever. Um, but also, I felt like because I was good on the art side and drawing, like you said, James, I felt like, you know, if I could get into a more stable career um, and on the engineering side, I could still incorporate some of my like creativeness in the mix too, which hasn't really turned out to be true for me, <laughs> which is why I'm doing like stuff on the side now with my art stuff. But, um, but that's why I chose the STEM arena. And uh, yeah, just like James said, going to AT changed my life. I would not be the same person that I am today if I didn't go to, if I didn't go to A&T. Um, I was going to go to Virginia Tech, um, but that didn't work out. So did a college trip down to, to, to Aggieland and fell in love with just the vibes. I don't know, man, it's something different down there. Uh, fell in love with it. It was like far enough away from my parents uh, that like, I could get away from them and do my own thing. But if I needed to come home, I could still like make that four hour drive. So uh, yeah, that's why I chose STEM though. Cool. I can go. Um, so as a child, I was always creative and it's been just sort of like a natural progression to where I am now. Um, I don't know how old everyone is, but um, when I was coming up, AOL was a big thing Ooh, <laughs> um, just doing like a lot of like AOL instant messenger and like discovering that you can like build your home page and like decorate it and all this stuff and then MySpace and then Black Planet and all this stuff I was just I would just I just love to like customize home pages and um, people started asking me to do theirs because they liked mine so much and I was like you know what I really like this whole you know, creativity thing, um, particularly like with the computer. And um, so, yeah, I got to um, undergrad and, excuse me, discovered that it was a real field, graphic design. And so that's why I chose graphic design. Um, as for the technological component of uh, where I'm at, honestly, it's just like the perfect marriage of the art and the psychology. I've always been kind of like curious and a really cerebral child thinking about particularly in terms of like race. It really fascinates me like how people can you know relegate people to like a lower class or whatever just based off of their hair, their skin, their just all of these very arbitrary things. And so um, I'm really interested in psychology and so I feel UX is like the perfect marriage of like the visual component and the psychological component of my interests. I originally, I guess I didn't really know, I don't know if STEAM was a thing back whenever we were actually like choosing careers back in high school. Um, so it wasn't like necessarily like a conscious decision, um, but originally I had planned on being an accountant. Um, like when I was in high school, my dad was an accountant. Well. My dad was an accounting, he had his accounting degree and was like a manager for a, a restaurant. And so I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So I, you know, I planned on doing that. Um, 
And then I ended up having a, a football injury when I was in high school. And so I was going back and forth to the doctor a lot. And uh, one one day I saw a, a student in there. He had on a, he was just like kind of in the room. I don't, I don't remember what he was doing. He, I don't know why he even paid, a, you know, paid attention, but uh, he had a little short white coat. And I was like, huh, huh, I can do that. And like before then, like I had never, I explicitly said I would never like be a doctor. Um, it's like way too much schooling and training. I don't want to just be starting my career at 30. Well, here I am. So, uh, see how that went. <laughs> um, but you know, after seeing, after seeing him and, and just kind of like looking into the field more, it was just very interesting, you know, learn about the human body, learn about, um, you know, learn about the human body, learn about the like non, like physical aspects of medicine as well. Um, cause you know, the physical aspect, there's also like the mental aspect and how people, like how people's environments contributes to people's health and, um, their environmental factors, how they grew up and, and just all those things and, and how it, how it affects the, the human body and, and wealth and not wealth, health, maybe wealth too. That's another tension, but, um, seeing all those things, I feel like it, it was a, a good field. Um, and then just kind of got into it and, and now, like, my interest in medicine and, like, why I got into it has kind of changed a little bit. Now it's more of a, uh, a thing of where I want to help people. Um, but then as I get more interested in trying to, you know, build, like, black communities and, and try to help us progress, um, there are, you know, aspects of, of medicine of itself, like, just health and learn about, like, health disparities and, uh, you know, poverty and those types of things. I, I want to practice medicine, but at the same time also, uh, you know, teaching people about, you know, health literacy and um, getting people access to resources to uh, try to help us progress in that way. Um, and I don't know, my interest just kind of change all the time when it, when it comes to, when it comes to this field. Um, and in, in addition to that, just like I kind of, like I mentioned earlier, earlier in the episode about, uh, just being a mentor for other people who also want to come up in this field or uh, who have an interest either in science in general, either science in general or like medicine specifically. So uh, I think, I guess what am I trying to say now? I think my, like I said, I think my interest has kind of evolved to where I want to uh, like kind of be the example for other people and help people kind of accomplish goals they want to accomplish as well. I think that's like everyone everyone said I, I think there are parts that totally relate to like my experience. Um even kind of going back to like way back in our conversation where Shar was just talking about like not seeing black professors. Um I, you know, intend on leaving my program and you know hopefully having a career in academia to not only be another um, black person in, in the engineering space and academia, but also to really widen the pipeline. Like I thoroughly believe like academia as a whole will be better. Um, STEM will be better with the more diverse uh, group of faculty specifically. Like I think faculty shape so much of our students who become our workforce, um, who become again, even professors and so, I really want to see a more diverse academic space. And so um, I spend a lot of my time outside of my own research. I didn't mention this before, but I do have, I have a podcast about the black graduate experience because it's like, 
you're going to get through it. And then hopefully, you know, more people will be empowered to take this route um, that I've chosen that Sharnice is in, right. Um, To, to really like be just a place of support and also where I'm not having to do all the labor of diversity because there's more people. And um, even in this space, I like the work that I do. I absolutely think that the research I do is really fascinating. Um, But I think, I'm called to something higher as far as like really helping to get more uh, people of color, disenfranchised groups into the academic space. Um, so what, what, made, yeah, what made me major in STEM, uh, I guess particularly math, was that I just always did it. Um, I remember, uh, so we take a standardized test in Missouri, got the map testing, I think it's called. And so I took the map test in sixth grade and I scored a 99% in the math section. And so the counselor called and was like, hey, we can move you up to eighth grade math, even though you're in seventh grade, because your score is so high, like you can move up. And I said, no. And so my daddy, oh. this is back in the day, call ID. My daddy said that the school called and was like, your school called what they want, you know? And I told him, he said, you take the class. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I took the class. I ended up taking ninth grade math in eighth grade. So I think algebra one. So I ended up taking geometry my freshman year of high school. And so I always just took these higher level of math courses. So when I went to college, I just didn't feel comfortable not doing it. And then I just when I really learned about proofs and I learned about grad school. And so it was just like, um, yeah, I'm going to just continue doing this. And this is great. And then I learned about research and what that meant and, you know, and so it just, it, you know, cause I mean, I didn't grow up with that. I didn't, I had, I mean, I had no idea what research was or, you know, impacting science, what that meant. Uh, but now I have published papers and they get cited and it's like, oh, okay, I, I did something. But I mean, back then I had no idea. Um, and I guess like my goal now, um, it's interesting because the, my whole goal was become faculty, get my PhD, finish, finish, finish. And now that I'm, I'm here, it's just kind of like, okay, what next? And so I took a break. You know, I just wanted to rest for a while. My first year or two teaching, I'm like, I, I don't want to do too much. Um, so now I'm moving into like advising. I'm, I'm, you know, over academic integrity. I do certain things. Um, I think I can see me in the future moving into a space of being some kind of director or some kind of retention, um, like specialist or person over STEM fields. I guess moving into administration. And, you know, they can, once you're in academia, they can create job titles for you, <laughs> but uh, some kind of space to where I help the black students in STEM. Cause it's one thing being a first generation college student, a first generation STEM student, but a lot of times black students, they come into these fields and you go into these departments and you're whooped by the end of it. Like you are tired, you are broke. You just feel so done that you don't even know if that's still what you want to do by the end of it you're like you know by the end of it, you're like I don't even want to do this shit anymore I'm about to just go start a blog <laughs> you know I'm gonna just go be on Instagram and take pictures because you're just so tired like you're so whooped by the end of it and so I can see me trying to implement programs or doing something to help make it a better experience for us uh, because I don't think um mentally uh it's there for us to actually 
complete the degree and actually feel like we're thriving and have the options and want to, you know, keep going in the field. Uh, so that would, I guess, be my goal. Uh, my next goal uh, as far as the, my future with STEM, because I don't think it's enough just being faculty or, or I can see me actually leaving the uh, teaching genre teaching. And so uh, yeah, you, you get whooped being faculty too. So, you know, <laughs> but forgot to mention, uh, my mama will only be engineer. That's how I got started. Oh, true. Yeah, I did, you, oh, I've heard you mention your mom a lot. <laughs> what is it, you be saying, uh, Lisa girl? <laughs> Lisa girl, she was pretty much told me since fourth grade I was going to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And I think it just worked. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really have, I mean, my parents always said, you know, you can do what, what you want, but they, wasn't, they weren't really saying, oh, you got to do this. But they were definitely pushing me more towards, I feel like, stem fields or whatever but my dad used to always say oh you need to be doing something you know kind of like business related or whatever um you know that's that's what you like and i i I found that i do kind of like that side of things like even like being in engineering now like i like the business development side of engineering but i've always so i've always wanted to be one of those people it's almost like like you know how in college used to be like oh so-and-so was like like which major was harder you know like who's who's really doing the most work or who's really you know the hardest or whatever and I, I just remember people used to joke around and always say that IEs were <laughs> IE stood for imaginary engineering um and and stuff like that but then when you really start thinking about it it's like okay like do is 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 the super hardcore stuff something you really you know want to keep doing like is that what you enjoy you know being super specialized or do you kind of want to branch out and try something different like at least for me that's been a question that's always been in my head. And I've always wanted to do a little bit of both. Cause like when I was in grad school, my research was in um, bridge testing. And so that's a very specialized field because not only is it civil engineering, but it's mechanical and a little bit of electrical engineering. And so Shar, you mentioned MATLAB earlier and that, that brought back memories. Cause I, I had to do all types of MATLAB data processing programming, you know, writing thousands of files at a time just to, you know, you know, determine what the frequency, the natural frequency of a bridge was. Uh, and so while it was cool, you know, learning that, I just didn't know if I really, because, you know, you put one wrong letter in a, in a MATLAB formula, the whole thing just blows up. And um, that used to get annoying because if you mess That's up That's the several, main thing of computer science. Right. You know, you mess up one part of something, it's like, okay, like, and you got to go find all the errors, you got to write it out. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad I got the experience and I know how to do it, but I also want to want to hit you know like the business side of things like, okay I want to be able to do to do both you know like I can get down the trenches and I can also do you know the other side of it too that's always been my thing <laughs> but what I want to know is uh so it sounds like I'm the only one that really had like some bad bad test scores or some oh some no things <laughs> oh that, no I know y'all too <laughs> of course I, I got I a remember. oh go ahead no, I'm sorry. I remember my first calculus test. I failed. And I was like, what happened? And my teacher really broke down. We went through each test. And he was like, you earned this. And I was like, I earned this grade. Like, I was pissed. But after that, it was over. I learned. I learned, the, you know, the terminology. I learned how it is to write. I learned what it's like. My definition is what that means. It changed my life. Dr. Chang, he changed my life. Because now when I teach students, I'm like, but what does that mean? What does it say? What's the definition? I get it now. But yeah, yeah, it rocked my world. That's the hard I had part of professor it. professor where Cal 2, Cal 2, I used to make bad grades. 
I was like, when did we decide that we wasn't getting partial credit? And my professor said, when I decided to grade them. I said, oh, okay. Thank you, homie. And I, I think uh, you touched on something good right there. Um, we learn the, we learn how to do stuff for the moment, like the test, but we don't really learn the background of it all the time. Like, I definitely probably would have paid attention a little more in class if I had known, like I needed to know the the full background of everything. And I think that's that's anybody, like you know, it's because you're giving well, you're giving so much is, stuff. Go ahead. This could be the issue with American education systems and how it's so segmented when I, everything is really connected. But that's a whole yeah. nother tangent. But we learn. I think we don't learn properly because mm-hmm. me teaching engineering now, I'm like, you need to know chemistry, you need to know physics, you need to know math. You need to know just logic, just common mm-hmm. sense. Right. Yeah. Like it all bridges together. That's true. And I think with that, like when you're whenever you're in, in college or, you know, you get a degree, you don't. You, you don't really understand like why you're like why you're learning this like why do I need this class and so when you at least for me like when I'm going through a class you know I'm taking I don't know English or, or I was an accounting major pre-med and I had to take a calculus-based economic class uh, economics class called microeconomic theory and I to this day I still don't really understand why I had to take that class um, and I remember like my it was like my last year my senior year of, of college I took that class, took the test, the first test, and got like a thirty. And I was like, "Oh shit!" So, <laughs> so I just I just dropped the test, and I, you know, I was like, "All right, well, I'll just deal with the next semester or whatever." So then I was like talking to my dad about it, um, and he was like, "You know, maybe you should get a, a tutor." And that was like the first time that I had, like, up until that point, I had, you know, been making good grades, and you know, college had been relatively okay. Uh, he was like, "Why don't you get a tutor?" And I was like, "I will see or whatever." So then I go like and and re-enrolled like my last semester which was supposed to be like a breeze and took my first test and I got like like a 55 or something like that and I was like bruh so I went and talked to my professor like hey man I got a 55 like what can I what can I do to you know to, to help this out and he was like oh you got a 55 that's like that's a that's like a b like a b or b minus and I was like what I was like what do you mean and he was like oh curves. I just curved the class and I was like Bro, like one, you, I feel like you could have led with that at the beginning of the class, but <laughs> but two, why I don't I don't understand it. Maybe y'all, you know, academic, you professors uh, or professors uh, that are in training can explain why you make a class or a test so difficult that you know you make a fifty-five and end up having to curve it. Do y'all have like any insight on that? But what's the purpose of it? Because I didn't understand, and and I can answer after this, but. Anyway, I ended up getting a tutor and somebody was like helping me out or whatever. Uh, uh, and I went to him, you know, a couple of times a, a week or whatever. Ended up getting okay and getting like a B in the class or whatever. But please explain to me why that is a thing. Well, because sometimes you, you just cover the material, right? Mm-hmm. And then depending on how hard the material is, the students will either thrive or you know if they may, they may fail. Um, but you don't necessarily lead with you will curve because you might not have to. Like you might not have to curve the class, right? So you don't lead with that. Messing up the curve. Yeah, or, or, but that's true. <laughs> but sometimes the students will shock you with how much they know. And if you lead with, oh, I, I curve, they always end up like, they can slack off. Um, but typically you just teach the material, you make it difficult. And it's kind of like you grade off effort sometimes. Because uh, you, know, you know they know it. 
you know, because it's just like you just want them to learn. Really, the whole goal is know a little bit more leaving than coming in. And so usually you'll just see the effort, see how much they go in. And then, yeah, that's how, that's how some people do their class. I don't really have to curve my, my courses. So do you feel like if you had a whole bunch of students who, you know, made poor grades on the test, do you, like, do you adjust how you teach or do you adjust, like, the, the test material or, or even, even, like, within that class that semester and then, like, from that class compared to, like, when you teach it in the future? It's so difficult because uh, each student is so different. Each student needs are different. Um, and so I would like if every let's say everybody did bad on one question. I'll look at that question and say, like, OK, how did I teach this material? Did I really cover everything? And then it'll dictate if I keep that question on the test next semester or if I want to rephrase it, I give them more information. So I do take into consideration if everybody bombs something. Uh, what will happen for the future. But, it, but it's just like, it's not really good if everybody get 100, but it's not good if everybody fail. You need the curve, you know what I mean? And so some people do just make their exams extra, extra difficult and everybody fails, but he know you guys learned in the end. And then so it's just like, he curves the course. So some professors do do that. I don't feel like I learned anything, but but I, I do get the theory though. There there have been yeah. other classes where it's like you didn't do well on the test, but you do learn and you can apply whatever you learn yeah. to whatever you're gonna do in the future. So that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like and it just depends on how that person wants to teach their course. Yeah. Yeah, I always kind of wonder that too. The the I mean, but then the curve, like you were always kind of like, yo, know, like I hope I did good enough for this curve to, to like, you know, it's almost like faith, <laughs> like the faith is going to connect either between you and that C and that A or, or, or either that, that D and that B or, or C or whatever. Cause it leaves a lot of wiggle room too. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I, I will say it's very, and it's very different depending on the school. Cause like me teaching in public schools versus this private school is very different. I don't, I don't, I don't really curve. Okay. At this private school, this is my policy. This is how I grade. This is what I do. This is what you earn. That's it. There's no debate with me, uh, with this course, with, with, with this private school. But with the public school, I used to give a little bit more leeway. My students were different, you know, because with this private school, those students take advantage. I do have a quick story about Matt with the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So you remember Dr. Choi? Um, yes. James and Alante, you maybe Alante, you took steel, right? I took what? Did you take steel? This is why I've been quiet because I don't want to expose how little I know. Um, probably, yeah. Okay, all <laughs> right, but so so Dr. Choi and I, we didn't have like the best relationship, and I say that because mainly, obviously, my fault as a student. I uh, I didn't, I never really performed the best in his classes um leading up to steel design i remember one time we had to take a test and he changed the location of the test and mm -hmm. somehow i missed it so i go to the class we're usually in nobody was in there test was starting when i finally found out where the where the test was at i was like 30 minutes late and uh anyways i didn't do good in that test i think i got like a c in that class um, and I can't remember what, what class that was, but anyways, okay. but we have steel design 
And uh, so shout out to you and Jamie Mapp. Uh, I always say without, <laughs> without James and Jamie, I would not have made it through engineering. Like I wouldn't have. Not in four years anyway. I feel, I feel it warmed my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they brought me into their little like circle and we had study groups, all-nighters, all that stuff. Um, but steel design, the very first test, I remember we studied our ass off for that test. And um, test day comes around and I'm like sweating because I never really do good in Dr. Choi's classes. But I, like, I felt prepared for this test. And so we're going through it and he would come and he would look at look over my shoulder while I'm taking the test and I would just freeze up. Like I couldn't do anything because I'm like, now I'm like self-conscious and like, he's just looking at what I'm doing and I just stopped writing. I can't even like focus anymore. So he walks away and then I'm like, okay, I can do my stuff. And then he comes back and he's looking at me again. I'm like, why is he doing this? Like, anyways, finish the test. I end up getting an A on the test. Right. He calls me in his office. James, you, you probably know the story. He calls me in his office and he says, how'd you get A on this test? I said, I remember you telling me. This. I said, what do you mean? How did I get an A on the test? He said, you cheated. I said, nah, I studied. What are you talking about? I didn't cheat. <laughs> he was like, tell me how you got an A. I was like, I worked with James and Jamie. We stayed up all night. And we studied for this test. I was like, you can ask Jamie. Like, ask, ask him. And yeah, he came. He, like, he basically called me out. I was like, yeah, nah, I don't think you, like, there's no way you could have done this well on this test, basically. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, That's it's crazy. Weird. Oh, yeah, super I've, weird, so. I've never accused my students of cheating in that manner. And I think I'm always happy so, to see So many people from. cheated in that class, though. Or in oh. his classes. Oh, okay. Like, so, like, it, 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 it started happening way before we got to his, um, to his classes mm -hmm. or, but yeah, but I felt some type of way, um, because, you know, and he was of judging course. me off of, yeah, he was judging me off of my, like his past experiences with me in his class. So, like I said, I, I think I got C's in most of his classes, but I actually did really well in still design for some reason. When I put my focus into stuff, like I really get it. I didn't really, anyways, that's just another whole nother story, but, um, yeah, so I did really well in that class. And I think I got his respect by the end of the class. I think I got a B in that class. Um, after he saw that I continuously did well. And it wasn't just like a fluke thing or that I cheated or whatever. But yeah, you should be yeah, I, yeah, I definitely felt following. So anyway, that, that's my story for that, for that particular topic anyways. True. Yeah, I know um, you you mentioned all nighters, and I remember one time we had a we had an all nighter where we were watching Kevin Hart's uh, one of Kevin Hart's stand up, and I failed the shit out of that test the next day. But I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna do that great already just because I think it was like environmental engineering. Alante, you took that? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. And it was Watkin, I think. But I just didn't. I wasn't gonna. I don't know, for whatever reason, I wasn't understanding. All the other environmental classes I took before that one, I did good in. And I don't know if it's just because Teasley helps you understand everything really well. Shout out to all the Black PhD women out there. Um, hey. Doing big things. Um, but 
but yeah, she made it real easy. So when I got to this other dude, like he's old, retired, you know, he's just out here, you know, collecting the check basically. I mean, he was a he was a decent teacher, but he just didn't break it down the same way. And he had us doing like all this stuff that I didn't think really made sense. So yeah, I felt shit out of this. Man, I feel like I have like I have too many memories. Number one, like of not doing well on things. Like for real, for real, by the grace of God, I'm at this point. Like I'm not even joking, y'all. I don't know how I'm here. Like <laughs> I barely met at AT, like for real. Like barely. I didn't think I was gonna still be an engineer, but I just kind of keep applying to stuff. So if anybody listening who's like, I'm not a great student, it don't matter for real. Just try. Just put your best effort forward and you'll be all right. Just persistence will get you very far. I tell people the same yeah. thing. And, I tell yeah. people the same thing. And build relationships with your professors. Like yeah. that goes a long way. Um, for sure. And I used to be in their offices like, listen, <laughs> you need to explain this to me because I didn't get it in the class. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you feel embarrassed to ask a question in the class, you know. So between that yeah. and study groups, like I said before, mm-hmm. man, that saved my life. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Definitely. Um, there, I feel like at some sometimes there's like a there's like so much academic or hardcore stuff involved. It it kind of even discourages people from even wanting to finish their degree. Like a lot of things you were saying, you know. But but that just might not be that person's uh, niche, or that might not be their thing. But that doesn't mean that they won't do great things outside of that. You know. So you definitely got to push through somehow. Cause I definitely I felt like that several times in undergrad and definitely in grad school and then not accounting for imposter syndrome and all the other stuff that comes in when you go from a completely unfamiliar environment to somewhere else where, um, you know, you, you, people don't look like you and all this other stuff. You, you're really fighting, fighting against a lot, but then you also are comparing yourself to, to other people, you know, oh, why do they get it? Why don't I get it? Um, there's definitely a, lo- a lot of that that happens, but keep pushing through because there was definitely times I was like man I don't I don't I might not graduate I might not finish this program you know and and then what Matt was saying you know you got to build that rapport with the with your professors is almost the same as building rapport with the client once you get into the industry you know you got to talk to them you got to be able to you know ask them you know what they you know did you watch a football game this weekend how how, you know you enjoying this weather you go skiing this weekend I, I made that last one up but um, but yeah, you know, just different things. And I mean, I guess it all, it all teaches you something at the end of the day and, and prepares you for something greater. I want to add a comment because uh, I had a difficult time persevering through graduate school too. And I, I mean, I, at one point I applied for jobs and was about to leave. <laughs> and so uh, I had a friend mm. who, uh, he was my buddy. We, we were study partners. We, we got through the program together. And so he uh, encouraged me one day because he was like, I have a friend that was an MD. His, his friend was a doctor. And he was like, uh, he's like, what do you call the doctor with the lowest GPA in my class? Like, what do you call? What do you call him? And my friend was like, he's like, I don't know. But he's like, you call him doctor. Like, at the end of the day, when you get that degree, it don't matter. So it's just like. Facts. Yeah. So I was just like, well, I'm going to just keep going until they put me out. And they never put me out. And I keep got and I got grants. I got everything. I, I, I don't have any student loans out of all three of them degrees. You know what I mean? So it's like, I got all of that. And it's like, and now I'm at this prestigious school. They thought I wasn't going to be able to do that either. So it's like, I'm going to just keep going until they put me out. And I keep going through all them doors. That's real. That's real. Well, I know we um, uh coming close to time. So 
I want to just wanted to kind of wrap things up. Um, happy birthday to Matt again. Um, thank you everybody for uh, participating. Um, so if you just want to, you know, go on ahead and uh, shout out your social media handles. If, if you don't want to, you don't have to, or how you can be contacted either way is fine with me. I'll go ahead and start. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram at King underscore Santiago 25. Uh, also, you can find my business page, uh, Jade Lens um, ENT. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah. Um, so thanks, everybody. I'll let y'all go ahead and do y'all. Yeah. Uh, Matt here. Um, Instagram is what I use mostly. Uh, get diggy with it. Uh, like get jiggy with it but my last name is Diggs, so get diggy with it um and then urban Diggs art follow my art page too <laughs> see y'all dancing it's cool uh yeah so follow me there and uh yeah hit me up uh, taylor here uh follow me on instagram uh rock code four R-O-S-P-O-L-D four, number four. Um, I'm active and also not active. I'm on there all the time. Don't post a lot, but definitely reach that. I'm literally on Instagram now, following all y'all. Um, I'm really on Instagram too. My Facebook is very non-existent and I don't have Twitter. So on Instagram, I'm Dr. Shar H. So D-R-S-H-A-R-H. Y'all can't find me. I am social media adverse. Um, but you can contact me at sm.holcomb at yahoo.com. That is awesome. I, um, I don't know. I'm, I told you, like, I'm into, like, psychology and sociology. And so kind of, like, seeing the social dilemma we'll come back to that but the social dilemma and kind of like seeing how the world has like changed so much and recognizing that uh this is like a behavioral um what's the word Ugh, the word is escaping me it modifies our behavior and so just just like knowing that it's just like okay you're you're trying to mine all this data for me and control like what i think and what i do it's like okay yeah no i'm gonna opt out um, I admire people like you. Thank you. Y'all can follow me um, on Instagram at Black and Grad School. That's B L K I N Grad School. Great. Well, thanks everybody. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Um, as always, stay black, stay blessed, stay beautiful. Um, keep your head up. And thank you for supporting us. Um, be sure to continue to tune in. Um, and we will be back with something else soon. Thanks.